Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of NFL Draft Triple Take presented by UPMC. Mike Pursuit of Matt Williamson and Dale Lawler, your three stars of draft preparation, if I could mix in a hockey analogy, and I can because I'm running this stuff. Uh, if you've been paying attention throughout the process of these programs, you know that uh, we've already gone through position by position, the best of the prospects uh, in advance of the upcoming NFL draft in late April for our further review portion of the process. We are taking a second look at the positions, but under the context of riser, faller, and sleeper, we're not giving you uh, our five top candidates. We're just sort of picking and choosing, and it's been a lot of fun to do it that way. And we're going to have some more fun today as we do defensive tackles. Let's uh, jump right into it. Uh, Dale, your riser is uh, a guy from the University of Connecticut that has been rising for a while now. Yeah, not a basketball player either from the University of Connecticut. Uh, Travis Jones, you know, I, I I saw him at the Senior Bowl, and he looked really good. He has heavy hands when he when he strikes uh, the offensive lineman. They 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 he jolts them, and I'm thinking, okay, maybe he's available somewhere in the middle of the second round. He's starting to, after a really good combine. You know, everybody talked about the two Georgia guys. He's six four, three twenty five, and ran a four nine two forty. He's really athletic. Oh. Yeah, I mean, that, that's just kind of what's happening <laughs> with these guys this year. But, you know, you watch him on tape. Uh, he gets to the quarterbacks. He can rush the passer a little bit there because of the, the those good hands. And there's maybe a little bit of buzz, and he may sneak into the end of the first round now. He's not making it to the middle of the second round. Matt, you got the same guy. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, We've been doing stunned, that a lot. I'm stunned by that. But I was doing the yawn thing because to Dale's point, there's a lot of guys that people would be doing backflips over if it wasn't for the Georgia guys. And yeah. this guy's probably one of them. Yeah. I mean, everyone looks at Jordan Davis and goes, wow, that's a, a freaky, massive human being, nose tackle, modern day NFL. And I think Travis Jones isn't that far off. And, and to re reiterate what Dale was saying, originally I looked at him and said, oh, he's a good prospect, day two guy, and, you know, maybe even late second round. I, I think he could go Thursday night after just tearing up Every step of the way, you know, like Dale said, senior bowl. Great. Check that box. Combine. Check that box. I mean, it sounds like the interviews are good and things like that. Uh, he's a dominant player that can eat up blocks, but also push the pocket. Yeah, I think he was in my top five and uh, the senior mm -hmm. bowl was kind of his coming out party, but uh, no end in sight to the uh, attention he's been generating. Uh, I'm cheating a little bit on my riser. I went with Logan Hall of Houston. Uh, Houston called him a defensive lineman. I think he's more people would classify him as an end than an interior guy. And it, it's 6'6", 283. I can see why you would do that. But he was most effective to me in a four-man front, a sub-package pass rush scheme where he was one of the two interior guys. And uh, those guys are in demand now. You don't have to be a starter to contribute on defense. If you can get to the quarterback, uh, there's a spot for you. And I think this guy can do it. Uh, he's a good-looking athlete, ran well. And uh, I like Daniel Jeremiah's description of how he gets around blocks, either off of them or between them. He gets skinny. He's a big guy, you know, 283 pounds. He finds a way to get skinny and swim through there. So pretty good technique. And Houston, a pretty good program for uh, producing defensive linemen. Something to be said for going back to the well. In terms of Faller. Uh, Mike, real quick, I don't think you're cheating at all with Hall. I mean, there's okay. a lot of these six six long arm. Eric Armstead, the Forrest Buckner types, they line up inside more than do out now. You know, they well, cause problems. Yeah, if, I like it. If, 
If you will allow it, Matt, who am I to argue? <laughs> I'll take that. Matt, let's uh, stick with you since uh, you just gave me a, a gold star for what I thought was a cheat. Uh, your faller, I'm, I'm stunned. Again, not only are you agreeing with Lolly or is Lolly agreeing with you, but you have less than complimentary things to say about a guy from Texas A&M. They just keep popping up, and it's been a few in a row now. And this is uh, DeMarvin Liao. And part of it's because... You know, after the last draft, and you can't overreact to these things. Everyone's talking about this guy like, oh, he's going to be a top 10 pick in 2022, five-star recruit. And I keep watching him, and I keep trying to really like him and see it. But in his case, I think the word tweener is a negative thing. You know, for many, many years, tweeners, is this a strong safety or a linebacker? He's a tweener. He's neither. Now the league loves tweeners. You know, kind of like you mentioned with Hall. Is he an end or a, a tackle? Doesn't matter. Bump him in. I look at Leal, though, and think he's most comfortable at end, but he's not really twitchy enough or, you know, explosive off the edge. And then when they bump him inside, he doesn't have that hall impact as a pass rusher, and he gets pushed around a little bit. So I'm just not sure what to do with him. Dale, you went with a guy. I'm a little upset by this. Uh, not that you're wrong on your assessment of John Ridgway of Arkansas, but apparently you were not swayed and I'm sure you uh, are aware, as a lot of people are, that this kid likes to call himself the Vanilla Gorilla, which if if you're going to give yourself a nickname, not a bad effort, right? Not a bad effort. I, I'm, I'm in the camp, though, that you can't give yourself your own nickname. Yeah. It has to be it has to be put on you by somebody else. I You know, when the draft process started, I thought this guy might be a, a day two guy. Uh, the more I watched him, doesn't really give you much of a pass rush. Uh, he's a big guy. He's, he's he's probably a straight nose, but a 5.3 second 40 yard dash, eight four on the broad jump. Just no explosiveness there. Um, he is a former wrestler, which is a check in his cat, you know, in his his uh, ledger for him. Um, but he just doesn't have much of a of a pass rush plan. And if you're going to be a day two pick or better, you probably better rush the passer. So I think he falls to day three sometime. Um, you know, he's he's just basically a a big run stuffing defensive tackle. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but as we've seen the, the league doesn't value those guys quite as, as much as the guys who at least give you a little something as a pass rusher. Yeah. I'm kind of uh, following the same sort of thought process. My follower follower, excuse me. And you're not going to agree with this Dale, because uh, it's the same guy that you're going to get to for your sleeper in a minute, but Otito Abonia from UCLA, you know, six foot four, three hundred twenty-four pounds, twenty-nine reps on the bench. He's a former shot put guy, not just in high school at UCLA. The strength is there. I don't see the strength in play all that much. Uh, I don't see him do all that much. And he did not run a forty at the combine, and then he got a hamstring early in the drill portion of his day. Uh, reportedly, he did not run at UCLA's pro day. So he's kind of stuck in neutral, as I put it in the written version of this program. And I had a hard time figuring out what to make of this kid. Cause I, you know, it's six, four, and from a big time school, such as UCLA, I want to like him. Uh, I didn't know what to make of him, So I deferred to Lance Zierlein of NFL.com who assessed in his write up that uh, Obonia does not have uh, the pad level or the quote, Parking break to hold it down is a 3-4 nose. Said he's not an NFL pass rush threat. He's got heavy feet. 
It's a strong say, guy. Maybe you should go back to the shot put circle. I don't know. The but, reason uh, he was my sleeper, Mike, was I, I watched him. He showed up a lot during the uh, senior bowl practices, and I, I don't know if that made it on the TV or not, uh, but he was very active in those, uh, running and, and chasing down guys and, and things of that nature. I liked the way his motor ran uh, it, it, that's in that situation. There were some times where he did get blocked and, and, and double teamed and things of that nature. That's going to happen to those guys. Uh, but I think there's, I think there's some tools there from what I saw. A guy that, a guy that well, runs. I would agree. With, like I would that. agree with you on the yeah. tools. I just, I'd like to see a little more, a little more often, I guess. Yeah, and I think because he didn't run and didn't test and do all those things, that's why I put him on my sleeper list because I think he's kind of an untapped. Yeah, we've all gone you know, to he, sleep on him. Well, yeah, I mean, nobody knows really what it is. It's kind of like, you know, when the, the guys who had the later pro days uh, that didn't work out at the at the, at the the combine are kind of out of sight, out of mind. And so other people were moving up the boards and things of that nature. Well, these guys were never went anywhere on the boards. Um, you know, we'll see where, they, where this works out for those guys. But uh, I, I like the player. I liked what I saw of him at the Senior Bowl. Um, we'll see where he goes. Matt, your sleeper uh, comes from, oh, my God, the Southeastern Conference. Yeah, LSU guy, Neil Farrell, just kind of sticking with the nose tackle theme, you know, that I think this guy kind of, you know, I mentioned how Jones got overlooked because of Jordan Davis. Well, I think both those guys are over, you know, making Farrell kind of an afterthought. And LSU really had a, a down year. A lot of their prospects took a step backwards, but not this guy. I mean, he got... The full opportunity to really play the nose full time for the first time this year. And I thought he took a monster step forward and just wanted to keep, you know, keep talking about these giant pluggers because the league wants to play, you know, lighter boxes nowadays. And I think these guys are starting to rise in demand. Yeah, no question. It's a great point because uh, if you can get a guy with size who can get you the push, then you're, you're covered with the smaller bodies behind. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm cheating again on my sleeper. Uh, Thomas Booker from Stanford, who actually is called a defensive end by Stanford. But again, I think he's an inside guy, played inside a lot. Not a ton of production here, but his last year taught me uh, maybe production's not all that uh, important, at least not as important as I used to think it was. Because guys that either played little and did little or didn't play at all uh, the previous year had had very impressive rookie years last year. Booker's 6'3", 301 pounds. And uh, he's one of these guys, we've talked about this in a couple of positions, doesn't look anywhere near 301 pounds. He just looks like a thick, solid a- athlete that can do a lot of different things and might be one of those guys uh, that uh, does a little bit better in the NFL than, than he did at college for whatever reason, but ran really well in Indianapolis. Another one of those, uh, Matt, uh, to, to your earlier point, another one of those 300-plus pound guys who ran a sub-5 40, but it wasn't as fast as the Georgia guys, so who cares? Dale, it wasn't as fast as Travis Jones, so who cares? But 300 pounds, under under five, and uh, he's also uh, a former team captain and a finalist for the William V. Campbell Award, which is the academic Heisman. Uh, he's been active in the community at Stanford. Uh, checks all the intangible boxes, and I think he's got the, the physical skill set to make some things happen. Yeah, I mean, I assume he's obviously very book smart, uh, being a booker, a booker from Stanford, and and uh, those guys, you know, I I think sometimes intelligence gets overlooked as a trait with these guys. Yep. I, you know, Often I think if you, I think if you're able to learn quickly and learn and take it directly from the classroom to the field, 
Um, it, it gets you on the field a lot quicker than the guy. He may be more talented, but it takes him a few more reps, physical reps, to learn what he's supposed to do. Yeah, and I think uh, Stanford, for whatever reason, gets more credit for that than any other institute. Oh, he's a Stanford guy. He's got to be smart. Well, I mean, it's, you know, it, it's it's the Michigan State of the West. <laughs> So it likes to think. Uh, I want to remind everybody that you can catch all of these uh, programs, uh, all of our pre-draft stuff, as as, uh, we call it, for lack of a better term. All of it is available on all of the Steelers' social media platforms. You can catch Matt and Dale on the drive on SNR. Are you guys talking any draft on the drive? Just a little no, bit. No, not a, a bit. bit. <laughs> Saving it all. So we keep ending up with the same guys on here. We've yeah. talked about all these guys <laughs> for months now. Well, we'll be talking about it uh, again sooner rather than later. Until then, I want to thank everybody for finding us, however, and wherever you found us. It's for Matt Williamson and Dale Lawley, I'm Mike Pursuta. This has been another edition of the NFL Draft Triple Take presented by UPMC.